0: In NXT, we work six days a week. So we see each other every day. Triple H, he came down here every NXT show. He was a very nice person, you know. Every time when we do a team meeting, he's very motivational, you know. Uh, yeah,
1: we got doing good. And- the views, information, and opinions expressed in this podcast and this YouTube channel are solely the views of the individuals involved. It does not reflect the views of their organisations, employers and employees' past, present and future. Like this show? Then rate it five stars and subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Uncool is a podcast by creatives at work. It is produced, written and hosted by Sean Lee Wynchong and co-hosted by Yen Low. Lo, co-produced by Raven Lim and edited by Ray Eung. Uncool, it's cool to be uncool. Okay, so Yanling you know that I am a fan of wrestling and I actually watch too much wrestling. You know, I'm very excited because we have alumni from the WWE right here. We have Ho Ho Lun and I think that's very cool.
2: Yes, Ho Ho Lun is Hong Kong's first <laughs> WWE wrestler and WWE, of course, stands for World Wrestling Entertainment. And recently, he was also on AEW, All Elite Wrestling, where he wrestled a dark match. And he's been wrestling a lot in Asia, from Japan to Singapore, of course, Hong Kong, and all the way into America as well. So Ho Ho, tell us, how did you get into wrestling? What started you down this path to being Ho Ho Lun, the wrestling superstar?
0: Thank you for having me here for this interview. So I actually started wrestling 2009. My first match was in 2009. But then, I start training actually in 2007. At that time, I already a huge fans of uh, wrestling, where in Hong Kong, there's uh, Japanese wrestling and WCW that was on uh, Hong Kong TV. You watched WCW before, eh uh,
1: That is the uh, NWO uh, yes, thing. Is yes, it? that generation.
0: Uh, that was like in the late 90s, early 2000. Yeah, I was a big wrestling fan since a kid. So, 2007, um, there's a Chinese guy from China, this city called Dongguan, which is about one hour and a half away uh from Hong Kong. He studied in Korea for university. So at the same time he was training with a Korea wrestling school for a couple of years. He haven't you know, uh, performing in Korea yet because he only trained for two years. But then he finished his university, so he come back to China and find out that there's no wrestling company in China. So he decided to make one. That was 2006, 2007, and internet was just, you know, start getting popular. So I decided to travel back and forth every weekend to, you know, start learn some of the basics of wrestling. So this guy, the name is... His ring name is Slam, like body slam, the slam. That's his wow. ring name. <laughs> and, uh, you, you
1: won't forget that,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, he became the legend of China, Chinese wrestling now because he's the first person who created this. I've learned that for about two years. Then I found out oh, we should do one in Hong Kong. That time I was a 20 years old kid, um, still studying university. We have a website that time. That time is not website. What do you call that? Discussion uh, forum
2: uh-huh <laughs> it's not even a website it was just a forum inside yeah it's inside a in- another forum. there's
0: a discussion forum where we meet once a month to watch uh you know wwe pay-per-view at that time we don't have internet streaming we order dvds from america we order that ship it to hong kong and then we have a party room like a karaoke room and then to watch that together and then of course we watch that and then we try to slam each other after watching it for a while in a karaoke room.
2: <laughs> in the karaoke room, itself. yeah. <laughs> but
0: then, but then, yeah. This idea come out that we should make a ring in Hong Kong and do it more properly. So that's how I started. But then the training, actually, you know, the training that I received in China is very basic, and. Then we create that ring in Hong Kong. We also don't know the actual way how to train. So most of the training menu, training program, come from uh, guessing. Like I guess this kind of be <laughs> right. you
3: guess?
0: Yeah, oh. we guessed try that.
2: Try and error, try and error. He
0: guessed that for about a year, and then I decided this is not right. <laughs> so I should, you know, travel to some places you know, to see what the actual training is like. So in 2010, I traveled to England, um, signed up for a wrestling school. That wrestling school is called 4FW, which eventually, you know, become one of the best wrestling school in the UK. So I trained there. The first week I was there, I found out that, wait a minute, the training that I guess in hong kong was actually 80 percent right because you know when you lock up with your opponent when you start slamming with your opponent you knew with the feeling wait a minute this feeling is actually exactly the same that i had in hong kong so were I right or were I wrong? I don't know. But I was there for half a year and then, you know, proved myself that that's 80%, 90% that was right. And during that six months, um, I was also invited to a lot of independent wrestling show. Uh, in the UK, there's not a lot of money. I, I did most of the show, it's like kid show. It's like a hundred people, but half of them are kid. And when you wrestle, they're just running around. They just have no patience to sit down in a chair to watch you wrestle. So this is how I started.
2: Did you know that you could also have a spot on the Uncool podcast? Drop us an email at contact at creators at asia to find out about the sponsorship and collaboration opportunities available. Back then, did you think as well, like, I want to be a pro wrestler? Or was it just something that you were doing for fun, like pure fun?
0: I did it for fun. I don't have this idea about being a professional wrestler one day until I actually wrestle in the UK. So before all that, I thought this is just a fun thing. It is still a fun thing to do. But, you know, before I travel to the UK, I have never thought I can become a wrestler, you know, as my full-time career.
2: Wow! Wow! So it's like a dream come true in some ways. Uh, you know?
0: yes. When what the dream, but when the dream becomes your full time career, it is a career now. It is like not a dream anymore. <laughs>
1: this was roughly what two thousand nine, two thousand ten. This story told us.
0: Yes, and then two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve. Since I start wrestle a lot of uh independent in the UK, I got invited. Uh, from Japan as well to wrestle there and then I have this idea mm, I should do this full time and then from 2012 I quit my full-time job and become full-time doing this. So you had a full-time job. Yeah before. what were you doing? What were you doing before um, you know full-time I, wrestling? I was a salesperson uh, in a hotel and then I was a research person in a university.
1: So no wonder you can get eighty percent correct because you research you have a researcher background. <laughs> so maybe when you did you research and then that's how you make your
0: guess. Maybe, maybe. What did you study in college? I study advertising and communication. I graduate, I, I worked there sometimes as a tutor, sometimes as a research assistant. so I research about consumer. You know, consumer, how do you call that? Consumer buying pattern, something like that. Ah,
2: I see, I see. So that's the
0: thing that I would search in. And then after that, I just feel bored. And then I work in the hotel, work as a salesperson. So after I worked there for like six months, the hotel decided to shut down the sales department. This is the fate that maybe bring me to become a full-time wrestler. Then after the job, I don't (laughs) find a new job anymore. I'm
1: very curious to know, since uh, you mentioned what you know of your past and all that, if I were to go to your old schools, you know, you know, and look at your report card and see what your teachers wrote about you, what would they say and did they ever think that uh, this boy is going to become wrestling superstar?
0: I started my high school maybe like 2000 and then graduated 2005, something like that. I was a very average student in, you know, how to call that, in points, in grade, I was a very average student. I was not the top, I was not the worst, I was, you know in the middle but i'm a little bit you know crazy um i don't listen to my teacher much and sometimes if i hear something that is not my belief i just go stand up and challenge my teacher (laughs) students in hong kong they used to you know just sit down and listen and when the teachers say one they don't say two you know um, but I'm the one that when teachers say one, mm, why it is not two? Why it is not A B C? Is why you say one two three? Why you don't say A B C? Then I'm I'm those sort of student. Um, but then that time, I already liked wrestling a lot. So during break time, lunch time, I put on a few tables and make it like a ring and start, you know, slamming with my <gasps> classmates. And then oh. like five minutes before the break time's over, I'm going to reset it back to a classroom setting. That's how I grew up. You know, I I, I love uh watching wrestling since very, very young and I do that during break time in school and you know all my friends know that all my friends know that I like wrestling but it's quite surprised that I actually like wrestling until it become my full-time job
2: how is it right now right that a hobby has become a career a lot of people say do not turn your hobby into a career I mean that's for art as well right a lot of people that's why they prefer not to sell the artwork not sell the craft how is it like for you you know wrestling something that you love doing Um,
0: at first you know i want to become a wrestler but then the time passed and then i i i developed you know i established a different kind of you know goals um so at first i want to become a wrestler and then my goals is you know being a producer for wrestling show is also you know very interesting Um, which is still, you know, one of my goals right now, you know, to produce show in Southeast Asia, you know, Hong Kong, you know, Singapore as well, you know, I have this idea to produce a show in Singapore, um, which may actually happen next year, bring some good wrestling to the Asian fans, because in Asia, wrestling is not a very popular sport, you know, but this is the best and the most interesting thing that I think that exists in Earth, so I want to, you know, share my joy. To the rest of the people who have never watched wrestling before that's why I want to produce more show bring the best uh, that wrestling can get you know from America from Japan you know to them to see live because to seeing live is very different from watching it on TV because you got the camera angle and then you watch the camera you got a commentator disturbing you but in real you know, uh, if you watch it live, you know, you, you you got to interact with the wrestler. You shout, hey, 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 and the wrestler, you know, they, they're more motivated when you shout. I've done this for a lot of years, producer producing shows. And, you know, there's a lot of big company, you know, the hardware, like the lightings, the stage, and the smoke effect that you see when they enter the ring. So these are the production things, but some smaller company, um is the wrestler who do all the installing job as well.
2: What oh wow Yeah for smaller
0: company because some of them you know they uh you know like SPW you watch SPW right they they quite good because they have their staff they, they, they hire like contractor staff to you know build the lighting, build a, a stage and everything. Some smaller company which I, I see a lot in Japan, they have the wrestler who arrive the venue like six hours before the show, set up the ring. As well, we set up the lightings and the stage wow. and everything. Wow! Then they go and wrestle. Wow! And then they go and wrestle, and then they take it down, so and then they travel cool. to the next town and do the show the next oh, day. Man. Oh my goodness! It's like
1: really DIY. Yeah. Do it yourself. Uh.
0: Yeah, but actually, if you do it like every time, we can do like in Japan. The company that I wrestle in called Dragon Gate. Um, some of the small shows we don't require very good lighting um, because there's very hard show setting for a hundred fans in a small town. But uh, for this kind of show, we don't hire outsourced staff. Everything we do by ourselves. We build the ring. We build the you know the entrance. You know the entrance walkway. Everything.
2: That's pretty cool. I mean, it's very like bootstrapping, and I feel like the dedication that puts this. Going yeah. into it, wait, is, but actually, I
0: tell enough. you what, I enjoy putting all this together than the wrestling match itself. In fact, really? yeah, why, that, yeah, why? <laughs> I I don't know why, you know. Other than the hotel salesman job and the teacher job that I did in the past, I was also stage, you know, how to call that, like the stage crew stage, and
2: then the set-up yeah, yeah, I, I was I was
0: a stage crew for maybe like six months. So that's something I quite enjoy doing. <laughs> <laughs> so when you tell your
1: when you told your parents this, right? Because I think also Singapore, Hong Kong, we I mean we are quite similar in the sense that we all attract a lot of Asian Asian mindset and that. So when you tell your parents, hey okay, so I'm gonna be a wrestler, so what's their reaction? Did they go like, Oh yo, you
0: know, huh? <laughs> are you are you crazy? They, uh they thought I'd go playing. Even till this date today, I uh Oh, Holun, you don't go play lah. You come back Hong Kong, find a job lah. That's, mm. I, I'm not paying. I got a job now. You saw me on TV, right? I, I did that for like 12 years, 13 years. I fit myself. I pay my bill. What are you talking about? But they thought <laughs> they I'm playing.
2: Yeah, they do not think that it's a proper job, basically. Not, it's, it's a bit
1: like... It's a bit about our, our earlier episode when we spoke to uh Alexis Lee, we spoke to the statement, we spoke to Sean, Now he's Dante Chen, of course, and they also said that they went through a lot of uh good and bad comments, a lot of skepticism when they when they tell people, "Hey, I'm a pro- professional wrestler." So I can imagine it to be worse for you because you are like uh you going from Hong Kong into America, and in, you know, of course, that you're the minority. So is it is it worse for you as far as you know skepticism is concerned?
0: I think this kind of concern only happen in hong kong you know when it, you go to america and your job is a wrestler oh okay you're a wrestler okay if you're japan you're a wrestler oh okay you're a wrestler yeah that that's that's a that's a good career you know you 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 have the chance on tv every week you have the chance to travel the world you have the chance to travel to some little town and do shows for you know a uh, very different kind of demographic but I think in Hong Kong or in Singapore, I think Hong Kong the mindset is more Chinese than in Singapore, I think. You know, Hong Kong people, you know, the what job means to them means, you know, you got to be a lawyer, you got to be a doctor, or you got to be a teacher, you sit in an office, you know, you get paid in an exact amount every month, That that's Hong Kong people think what job is. This mindset doesn't exist. In places outside Hong Kong I mean I think Singapore people are still more open minded for jobs like professional wrestler but Hong Kong I think like only 1% or 2% people are appreciate of what I did so wrestling in Asia and wrestling in in the West is very different I don't say just wrestling is like the whole thing the workplace atmosphere is also ah. very different you gave up your full-time job to become a full-time wrestler, right? I will not use the word I gave up my full-time job. Because if, if I keep doing my full-time job, I gave up that dream to become a professional oh. wrestler. Uh, so, ah. I, yeah, you're right. A lot of people, you know, say that to me. Hey, you give up your full-time job. Wow, you work in a university, eh? research. Uh? Wow, you do the teaching assistant. You do the lecturer. Well, wow, you make a lot of money. Eh? But why you do the wrestling and make like, a hundred dollars per match i said no i don't want to sit in an office throughout my life making five thousand dollars a month i would rather travel the world and make a hundred dollars a day and you know become more meaningful to me to myself because that's what i grow up and what i like since i was a child
2: you're in osaka you were telling us
0: Yes, I am in Japan right now. Um, but since two thousand twelve, when I start to turn full time, I you know I stay like a couple of years in the UK, I stay a couple of years in Japan, in you know America as well. I work in NXT for a year and a half, and then China. There's one point I produced a lot of show in China between two thousand seven and two uh, thousand seventeen and two thousand nineteen. So I live in China all the time. So, you know, I yeah, that's that's the lifestyle that I like.
1: So now now you wrestle in Dragon Gate, you're saying? And yes, I am. Uh, you, you also wrestled for a while in the in America with WWE. Uh,
0: yes, that was two thousand sixteen until two thousand seventeen. What was it like to work for for them for like two years? Um actually that was Cruiserweight Classic in two thousand sixteen. I was only supposed to wrestle for them for like that tournament and then that's it. But then after I wrestled my round two match, uh, which I lost, um I was asked by uh, the NXT coach, say, hey Hohulun, do you interested to stay in NXT for a while? Then I said, yeah, why not? So I was there since 2016, since the Cruiserweight Classic until 2017. So um, uh, the training is Monday through Friday. It's not very long, it's like three and four hours a day. But then when it comes to uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we tour around uh, Florida, sometimes out of the state, um, but mainly in Florida. So morning we go to training, and then afternoon we start travel, and then we do the show in evening. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday is a longer day.
1: So it's, it's like a full-time job in a sense, because you go to work every day, like uh, Monday to Saturday. It is. You were trained in NXT by many trainers, mm-hmm. including like William Regal, which we know is, is
0: a really big name. What is it like to train under such big names like William Regal? So so for example, William Regal, um <clears throat> when he comes down to the training he don't demonstrate move. But then every time when you do something good or bad, uh he make a comment, you know, on the ring side and every time he talks there's a wisdom in it. You you gonna have some learning just talking to him because he's he's, you know, long enough and he have a different vision than everybody else he see you something he'll, ex- he'll he'll tell you exactly you know he's very honest you know and sometime when he talked to me there's some comment that i have never heard before so there's a lot of intelligence just talking to him you got to
1: work a lot with uh with a lot of wrestlers now that you know are a lot more what we call the main roster in wwe i think you worked with Andrade, gargano uh the street profits camper otis i have a a question here on our Instagram. We did some crowdsourcing for our uh, for this interview, right? And this and that was actually one of the questions. One of the questions that came was from uh, at PK Ashley. She said, "I would like to know who was your closest wrestling friend when you were in next NXT." I think she means on the W on the NXT WWE roster. Yes, yeah,
0: that time that time when I was there, um, there's another Chinese dude uh, called Tian Bing, uh who is also my uh, tag team partner. He is my housemate, so of course I very close with him and then um, there's an Indian guy called Jeet Rama who I always hang out with who else Kenta you know when Kenta was there his name in NXT was what Itami something Andrade yeah uh, travel a lot with Andrade with Nakamura he was in NXT maybe like three years before me so we train in different groups. Uh, that morning, uh, we we just finished training. Oh, are you going? Yeah, I'm going. Oh, yeah, let's go. And kind of things like that. Yeah, I travel with them a lot, you know, Um, during Florida shows. So. You know, in America, everybody like drive car. But in Japan, like in Dragon Care, everybody like the company have a bus that you travel together, 20 person travel together. America, you know, some people, they, they want to go home straight away after the show. And then some people ah, I want to stay in the hotel first then america everything uh like you know handle by yourself What was your best moment in that two years that's a very hard question um i don't have a best moment but then every day was a good day you know
1: i guess i mean you, yeah you're like the, you're like at, almost at the you like you feel like you really do you like feel like you've made it because now you're in wwe
0: yeah the first week after that oh yeah it's 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 the job <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then, of, of course, we know that uh, you had to leave uh, because, you know, I think your mother was ill,
0: and that's completely understandable, of course, and it's the correct thing to do. So, I remember I was uh, in Hong Kong for holiday in Hong Kong, uh, so that time I was in NXT, and then I said, like, hey, mum, where are you? Eh, hey, I'm in hospital. What are you talking about in hospital? So, that moment I went to the hospital and I find out that she has a very serious health issue, then... When I over my holiday, I go back to America, I was saying, yeah, my mom have a problem. She probably don't live for another six months and then she going to be over. So can I just quit my job and, you know, stay nearer to her? Actually, nine months. Oh, okay. That's, so That's, a bit, a, bit longer. Longer. that's, that's a bit longer than what the doctor said. But I think doctor just give up a buffer. Is
1: there any time now when you look back and you think, man, if I, that didn't happen, I could stay longer than two years. I could be like... Those guys that I worked with like you know the Street Profits and Otis and all that and Beyond
0: Raw and SmackDown and if if only if only I stayed longer. Uh yes, uh, I think about that every day. <laughs> you know, we, we we came in the NXT Performance Center around the same time, they were there and but you know, I'm also in a very good position now in Dragon Gate because Dragon Gate is actually the company, the Japanese wrestling company that I watched growing up. Uh, we have WWF on Hong Kong TV, right, for free. But then if I want to watch Japanese wrestling... Oh, I don't speak Japanese. Um, I was just so, going to ask
2: you, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I don't. I, I speak a little bit now. I just can barely order my food in a restaurant. Just, you know, two two months ago, I started ordering food in Japanese. <laughs> but then the last two years, I only order food by this, 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 and that, that point thing. So uh, in the past, when I need to watch uh, Japanese wrestling, I got to order uh Japanese DVD from an American web shop you know online shop from America because I don't speak Japanese so the DVD I watch uh, that I watch actually traveled the world to come over to my house and put it on my DVD player to watch and that time I was watching a lot of Dragon Gate. If I need to compare going to WWE and coming here to Dragon Gate which one you know make my life happier I would say here
1: but, but how do you feel about seeing your fans now that hey i was at nxt with you and now you're in the royal rumble
0: we are still doing the same thing you know we are still entertaining the fans um, in a different scale um, but yeah but i mean if it's not that a year and a half in nxt i wouldn't be here in dragon gate so you know this is this is uh this is life
1: and which also leads me to one more to this question we got online it says, uh, please ask Ho-Holun, what is the difference in the locker room atmosphere uh, when you were in the Cruiserweight Classic in NXT and then in AEW?
0: I cannot describe most the atmosphere is like in AEW because I was only there for two days. So it is it, not accurate. Um, but NXT and Cruiserweight Classic, the backstage, it, it's very diversified backstage. So most of us are not coming from NXT. Most of us come from different company. And then we just gather together and, you know, do this Cruiserweight Classic. So everyone, we don't know each other. You know, some of us might see each other in some other shows, but, you know, we don't see them every day. But in NXT, we work six days a week. So we see each other every day. We see each other more than our family, you know, because a lot of them, even if they are American, they travel from the other state, come down to Florida, and you know, take up this opportunity. We see each other more than we see our real family, so it's like a family. Uh, NXT backstage, you know, everyone know each other, you know, it's like 50, 60 people in the backstage, but uh, we can all have fun, you know, we see each other every day, we train together. So, yeah, NXT is more like more team spirit in NXT. Um, yeah, this is what I talk about.
1: I'm, I'm just imagining like you guys were in the ring, Beating each other up, and then after the show, like okay, come as all well be all friends again, and let's go hang out. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, basically that's what we did. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I, I, I mean, I'm quite curious as well. It led you to being in Japan and staying there, and this, and you've been there for like what three, four years, right uh, now?
0: Yes, I actually. Oh, I actually came here. At uh, the end of 2019, I supposed to stay here for three months to train and wrestle. And then the three months is over, and then they asked me if I would I like to extend for another three months. I say yes. So the moment I extend, there's uh, COVID-19. So my three months extension become three years. Three. <laughs> But in in that period, there wasn't wrestling, right? For various uh, safety measures and so I think in Japan, we only stopped for about two months. And then we start doing show again, but in like 50% capacity. And you know, the fans are not allowed to shout. So it's like watching a... A a silent movie. movie.
2: (laughs) (laughs) How was it like? Because I've I've watched your shows as well, right? And it's quite interactive. Your own moves and stuff. It's, It's very interactive. And now without that... How was it like during that period of time?
0: at first it's yeah very difficult at first, um because it's not just my character you know wrestling itself require a lot of involvement from the uh, live audience you know to make it like a good show so at first it's very difficult, but then after about like six months, the fans start you know clapping hands and do all that, so you know it's only like a couple of months that we do this job very difficult. But then after that that's all right, you know, in Japan it's alright.
2: They also start the the fans have started to learn as well yeah, how to They're interact. still very
0: silent. But then they start clapping hands and, you know, sometimes they can't hold their laugh and
3: then
0: like that, you know. <laughs> so but cute. when but when like two hundred people like trying to hold their laugh it's still like, you know, you you, 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 you can, can still, still hear them. some reaction.
3: <laughs>
1: so twenty twenty two of course, you know Everything's all in better. Everything's improved. Uh, crowds can be larger and all that. Uh, of course, other big news in the wrestling industry as well is how in you know the Vince McMahon. We know that he's the chairman of the, of WWE before he retired uh, for various reasons. Of course, you don't need to go into that. Uh, so the new chairman's in place. Uh, everybody would know him as Triple H if you follow wrestling in the '90s. That's a, I,
2: you I would do know, know Triple H. 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 I don't exactly, know exactly. I, I know Triple so, H.
1: <laughs> so, my question to you is that, uh, did you ever meet either of them in NXT and if you did, what were they like? Or was it all just you know, on email like, oh guys, you got to do this?
0: Um, Triple H, uh, when I was there 2016-17, he came down here every NXT show. So I basically see him every, uh, not every week, that time NXT was on live. They tape it like three episodes every three weeks. So I basically see Mr. Triple H every three weeks um he was a very nice person you know every time when we do a team meeting he's very motivational you know uh yeah we got doing good and you know he's just very motivational you know when he come down and then and then he's the main person who give creative direction and everybody respect him in the back you know um if we see triple h if you have an idea uh if he has time you know he'll listen to your idea if you pitch him an idea um yeah, he's such a good leader. Um Vince McMahon, I haven't I only met him once and just shake his hand and then yeah, he's super busy. He's a busy man. Vince McMahon was <laughs> there every role and smackdown, no matter where they go, you know. Um, you know, WWE they tour the entire country, you know. So today he's in West Coast and tomorrow he might be in the East Coast, and then you know, Wednesday he might be in Saudi Arabia doing all this meeting so he's a really busy man so you know I got to able to you know just shake his hand yeah my name is Ho Hong Leung I don't really pitch idea you know I I was only there for one year you know the moment that I left I still you know try to figure it out where to get what and you know how to get this better you know one year is not enough to you know get things you know I was here in Dragon Gate like this is my third year and I just being able to, you know, the first, the, the, the other problem I is that I don't speak Japanese, right? But then I just start picking it up, uh, who do what and where to get what, you know, those kind of stuff.
1: Oh, right. So how do you feel about this change now, uh, you know, because the product is clearly very different, right? I mean, it hasn't been a very long time, it's been a few months, but we can see changes in the
0: product. So how do you feel about it? Um. Yeah, they used to fire a lot of people, right? And every month we see news about... Uh, yeah, we're releasing like 10 of them. We're releasing 20 of them. But then the good news is the last, how many months already? Three months already, right? Yeah, at least, yeah. Uh, the, the only news that I saw is like they hire somebody back. So this is only good for business.
1: So I think we're all very curious to know because this podcast is a lot of uh, media and creative individuals and freelancers and many of them will come from media and events background. So, I think they probably want to know, if you look at wrestling as an event, and especially when you're in NXT, what was a day in a, in your life if you, let's say, you had a show? Is it, as you said, you trained in the morning, then you quickly rushed off to the show,
0: or was there a lot more to so it? So, that was the house show that I talked about. So, house show, Um, since we have like 50 people there. So, there's a small house show in Florida where the wrestler themselves build the ring and the like things. That's the oh, small was, show. Oh, this is six, six hours. <laughs> yes. Um, there's a bigger <laughs> house show which do out of the state that we only need to travel because the travel already takes so long. So we only travel, wrestle, and go home. Um, when it's NXT taping, um, that time the taping still happened in Full Sail University. So there's an event hall that's empty most of the time. Nowadays they do it in the performance center, I think so everything is set there already so you just only need to show up and the ring is there but then that time was full cell university you got to build the ring and you know the lighting change time because that's an event hall so they do different events you know uh well, it's a if, university So if it's not yeah. an nxt day so you know for that time we actually prepared a day before because there's so many lightings and then you see the fireworks and then the stage sometimes they got the, the the how to say The thing to you know do come up, up. yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) hydraulic. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. so so like that one, we prepare a day before. If it's pay-per-view, of course. If it's WrestleMania, they prepare a month before because they need to turn a stadium into a wrestling ring, you know. It, it depends on, you know, the scale of the show. If it's so big or if it's, like, so small that treat, you know, 150 fans, you know, that's, that's different.
2: So I'm also very curious, right? Very practical questions I have. You moved overseas to somewhere where you don't even speak the language. right? Maybe in school, before that, you already learned, of course, you, you know... Chinese, your Cantonese, your uh, English, and then you move to somewhere where you totally don't speak the language, and three years on, uh, you're learning the language. How is it like, you know, because I, I think for for us, uh, at least a lot of um freelancers here in Singapore, we are always thinking of like, oh, I want to go overseas, and Japan is a very popular country. What was it like for you?
0: I'll tell you an interesting story. So I first came to Singapore, maybe 2013. So they said, yeah, Singapore speak Chinese and English. So yeah, um, and then that time SPW was just first started. Um, and then I have uh, like a six month of no plan going on. So I come to Singapore, I stay like three, four months, I, I remember, to help them with some training. But that time I only wrestled for like three years, but then still more than most of them. <laughs> so I come down and, you know, help them with some training. So we talk on Facebook first. Uh, messenger, I will speak English, Chinese here, no problem. First day I come down here, the English I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> the chinese i also don't understand because you guys mix a lot of chinese with english and the english, not, is, not not the english. is not the real english <laughs> so i was like you guys speak english or what because that time i just came back from uk so my accent still got a little bit british i still ate fish and chips and drank tea you know things like that so i come down i thought the english is something like that this is the first time i was in singapore so you know, I don't know, right? So I come down, eh? Eh? What are you talking about? Eh? I, <laughs> I actually don't know the yeah. first week. The first week I'm in Singapore. I was like so confused. Uh. You know, I, I met Andrew. Andrew talks so fast, right? Alexis Lee talks even faster. I was like, uh, wait, wait, wait. You say Chinese, do say Chinese. Ah, Chinese. Then the Chinese I also don't understand.
2: <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah, I've met a few, like, foreigners who just came over to Singapore, right? I said, I thought I know English. I came to Singapore, I have to learn English all over again.
0: Yeah, <laughs> la, and then the Chinese are not the same. Chinese, I said, hey, 那, 那, 广东话... Then I find out Cantonese is not... Young people don't speak Cantonese, only old people. Hmm. Ah. I don't know yeah, if it's that's the
1: right. or not. Then... I, I, I think it's, in Singapore, that generally is the case, because we don't do... Like Hong Kong, you do school in Cantonese, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah it doesn't... They don't do school in Cantonese. Like yet, even so,
2: Chinese but, is a... Strategy.
1: But you can ask Alexis Lee to speak to you in Cantonese.
0: I think it'd be funny. She cannot, she cannot. <laughs> Shit, her, her, her Mandarin is also like so fast that... <laughs> so yeah, this, this is this is the thing that I want to mention. So I thought I know Chinese and English. So I come to Singapore, I don't understand anything. And then, there's one point I was living in Chongqing, China, Chongqing, Sichuan Chongqing, you know. So, I thought they speak Mandarin. And then the Mandarin, they got so much the R sound. I also don't understand. Even we speak the same language, we don't understand. But then, you know, uh, the time passed, and then I stay there, I get used to it. So, it's okay now. I think, even in Japan, I speak zero Japanese when I come to Japan 2019. And then I don't know people are saying about me, or you know they are trying to you know, <laughs> uh, say good about me in Singapore or in Chongqing, China. Took me like a couple of weeks to get used to it. In Japan, you know, took me two years. But then it's fun, you know. In coming back to Japan here now, I don't feel like I don't know what's the word in English. 没有那个海外感。you don't feel like
2: uh, you're going overseas. Go- I would yes. Say, like, yeah.
0: So, in Japan, when I come down to Singapore, I don't feel the Haiwai Gan also. I come to Singapore, I feel like home. You know, I eat the Chinese food. The food is so nice. And then I was in Singapore and Thailand for like three weeks last month. Then I come back to Japan, I feel like, oh, I'm coming back home. You know, it's not my home. I don't speak the language, but I feel like home. I was in America last year, right, for AEW and for all that. So, I haven't been in America since two thousand seventeen, so it's like three years away. Oh no, five years away, uh from my last visit. Then the moment I land New York, get on my rental car, then oh I feel like home. So you know that these ten years just develop the thing to my inner self that everywhere is home. Everything is home.
2: It's really like the
1: world is your home. One question we got online is: so after all you've experienced now, will you go back and take part in a crucible classic again if they if they held one? Uh,
0: yeah. If I got an invitation, you know, of course I will do it. And America is always fun to do. The fans there is the most energetic one. You know, the fans in Japan they they clap hands. They don't shout a lot. You know, the fans here a little bit shy. But in America, you know, all the drunk they get drunk. You know, even some sober people, they are so crazy. They shout so loud, uh, which give me a lot of energy in the ring. So uh, <laughs> it would be enjoyable, you know, if I can do a match again in America. So now Osaka is your home. Uh, I actually have a lot of home. If I come to Singapore, I feel like home also. I come to Singapore, I know places that Andrew don't know. Hey, yeah, come to eat with me lah. Huh? Well, how come you know more than me? <laughs>
1: right now, at this moment, so if you li- you live in Osaka, and you do a lot of work in Japan, Japan, we know, has quite a wrestling culture. You know, in Asia, I think the wrestling culture is the strongest. Uh, so you see a lot of Japanese wrestlers going abroad. I mean, you mentioned Nakamura. That's my personal favourite wrestler. Hi, Nakamura, if you're listening. You know Asuka, Ayoshi, they all come to mind. We see the reverse. We see wrestlers going to Japan, AJ Styles, Robert Roode, etc. They come to mind too. I'm sure there's many more. In your view, why is it that Japan has this extra strong wrestling culture versus all of Asia? What are they doing different from other Asian countries?
0: I think, in my opinion, um, they respect sport person more than a lot of Asian countries. So, I mean, if you grow up in Singapore, you want to be a footballer, which is the number one popular sports there, you still got scold by your mum because what the hell? You want to become a footballer? You're going to eat when you grow up and you don't have money there, right? But then in Japan, it's different. In Japan, you want to be a footballer. Okay, the mom and dad are going to send them in, you know, summer school and make sure the kid actually likes it. If we find out the kid likes it, yeah, become a footballer is, is okay because, you know, this country, we respect sports sportspersons so much. And, you know, uh, actually there's an Olympic team and, you know, we can go to the World Cup and do all that. There's a platform. Uh, even the parents doesn't like it, but I know Japan is still very Asian. It's still an Asian country. But um, we treat you know athletes in a different sort of dimension. Um, and also there's a platform. You know, the Football League. Uh, and then we see people who get successful in Europe, in you know, America, all that. So you have seen people who success in the past that give you give parents. Um, you know, the confidence to send their kid to do something which considered risky for their career. But there's no risk at all. You know, everything you do, there's a lesson to learn. So, you know, this is my mindset. But this is not very Asian. <laughs>
1: so here's a very Asian question for you since you mentioned that. It came in also on our our Instagram. and It's from Mark Tan, He says, I would like to know normally how are wrestlers paid? Is it by the month? I think because a lot of freelancers, which we know in our industries, work by you know we are are daily we paid by the gig, right? We paid by the day. We are paid by the and so on. So does it work the same for wrestling? Like you are paid by the match or you are paid
0: by? Yeah. In America, there's something we call independent wrestler, which means they don't have a contract like AEW they give contract, WWE they give contract so when give contract of course there's monthly salary or yearly bonus and things like that but there's a lot of us called independent contractor we pay by match or if we sell a certain amount of ticket and we get a certain amount of percentage you know this work exactly the same as every sort of business and then wrestling you know if you don't have contract you pay by match sometimes a few hundred sometimes if you're good enough pay you a thousand you know things like that a lot of new new uh n- new rookies who wrestle for like only one or two years they need more ring time they need exposure you know some promoter take advantage of that and pay them a hot dog yeah that, that that's a joke that we always you know make when we wrestle in america <laughs> oh, you know <laughs> yeah that's that's when, but when you're a new guy you don't have drawing power you don't draw fans you get paid a hot dog <laughs> you know that that's the joke that we always talk about but but in some way that's quite true sometimes but if you're good enough, you get paid a few thousand dollars for match Sometimes if it's over ten thousand for match also you know exists. Oh, it, it, it
1: well, that's a big range huh? yeah that's a huge range so, and if you don't mind us asking because you've got, you've had a lot of experience clearly. you've been all over the world. You you know you've been east you've been west and so on, and you've living essentially most of your life is a is a, is, I mean, a lot of a large portion of your life is as a freelancer I guess the way you described it by the match and so on. How does this affect your uh, psychology towards life? Like what is your psyche of living? You know because you're not really happy.
0: Yeah, as I said, you know if I stay in an office and do my job in the university, I got paid a fixed monthly salary. You know, sometimes I just sit there, do nothing, but I still get paid for the day. But then as a freelancer, uh, you know, you got to work hard to get your money uh, because you're not get paid fixed. You know, you work one day, they pay you one day. But if you do something extra, for example, you sell a ticket, um, you sell some t-shirts, you sell something else, they pay you more. So um, I think this is more motivation to life uh, when it comes to freelancer, you need to be more creative to make end meets, you know, because you can't sit there and wait for the company to give you direction. Because you, when you're a freelancer, you don't have a company. You are your own company. You are your own manager to motivate you. You know, it, going to America, actually, is just very simple thing. But if I make a theme of it, like Ho Ho US tour, Ho Ho Asia tour, um, that would make the fans, um, easier to remember who I am and you know the other promoter you know the local promoter will also be very more interested you know to see Ho Asia too you know, wow this Ho tour come to Thailand and then come to Singapore mm, yeah we can do something like that you know in their uh, uh, in their point of view you know they save their course because you know I travel like every time not one way ticket you know it's easier uh, they split my course and then, and then, they also know that I travel a lot, you know, uh, not only wrestle, I every time when I travel to a country like Thailand, you know, even to Singapore, you know, since I have my experience in Japan and in America, I share a lot of knowledge, um, that, you know, share my experience, you know, tell them my story. Sometimes it's not about wrestling skills, it's about what you have seen overseas. Sometimes you've seen so much then. You need to you need to you know share this experience so for them, they don't repeat you know they don't make the same mistake, you know so they don't waste their time and all that. So it's more than wrestling skill when I tour in Asia um, to tell them what the real wrestling world is about in America and in Japan.
1: And this is where this question comes in because we got a question on our Instagram from none other than the statement, and he says, the statement wonders if Ho Loon is man enough to face him again for a rematch in a submission <laughs> match.
0: Why is it a submission match? Why isn't it not a normal match pinning 1, 2, 3? Why does it have to be submission? Yeah, statement is already in his home country now and he's making the rule now for me. What the hell is he thinking? Wrestling is like pinning somebody 1, 2, 3. I don't want to submit him. I just want to pin him 1, 2, 3. Statement <laughs> is a little bit crazy. Huh? Making rules for wrestling. What's he talking about?
1: Singapore Pro Wrestling SPW will be celebrating their 10th anniversary with two nights of pro wrestling action. Here's champion Alexis Lee with this
3: message. We hope the first ever AEW Women's Champion. Is that not good enough for you? Me, Suruga, trained by the legendary Amy Sakura. But I've wrestled Sakura all around Asia. And for the past few years, I've kicked her ass. So what? Slash girls. It's my ring, my country, my hometown. For the past nine years, I've been wrestling, I've been digging my way up from the bottom to get to where I am now. think that's going to make it easy for you guys to come into my ring and beat me. So the three of us at SPWX, astronomical anniversary for the Queen of Asia title. I'm going to beat your asses.
1: Catch Alexis Lee, AW Women's Champion Riho, WWE and ECW Legend Taiji SPWC Champion Aiden Rex, Ho Ho Lun, The Statement Andrew Tang, Chris Books, and many, many more. SPW Astronomical Anniversary, November 24th and 25th, 7 p.m. at Fucha Building. Get your tickets now at brownpapertickets.com.
2: You've become quite a marketing person for yourself as well. You've become quite uh, creative in the way. To. Which is interesting, right? Because you don't think about it, right? If you people think about, ah, I'm just going to wrestle, that means I'm just going to wrestle. But actually, if you want to rise in your own career, it's also very different from, um, say, being a, a website designer.
0: For me, because I'm not the most athletic person, you know, I'm not the flippy person. You see, they go to the top rope and do three flips. If they're that good, then the market is going to market them. But then I'm just an average athletic person. So the market see me, oh, okay, that's Ho Ho oh, Okay, then they, they're not going to help me, market me. So I need to, you know, think about an idea, you know, a slogan for them to, oh, yeah, Ho Ho Asia too. Oh, that's so much fun. Let's have him come down here to, you know, do a match for us. You know, that's 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 the mindset that I you know, if I wrestle so good I do flips. So what I need to do is just to share that three second of me flipping on social media and then and somebody like, will oh, call okay,
2: me. Yeah. You.
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. But I'm very average, you know. I know you, <laughs> I'm you not are very so average. humble. Yeah.
1: You are so humble, Ho like I'm an average wrestler, yeah, but wherever you wrestle, oh, WWE. <laughs> yeah, I'm very average.
2: Do you think uh, in terms of, you know, the industry that you're in, right, you you feel like you're average, whether you are or not, your skill sets?
0: To be honest with you, I'm 35 this year. It's sometimes there's no motivation for me to work harder anymore. You know, when I was like 20-something, yeah, I need to work harder, I need to work harder. You know, I've been here, you know, you know, uh, how to kill passion is you make the passion your full-time job and this is my full-time job for so many years now so this is a very honest mentality that i but but i mean that's why i always evolve having a new goal if i have the same goal all the time you know i feel tired you see i I,
1: I think it's 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 very important like you said because being passionate and working with a passion versus I like I love what I do is completely two separate things.
0: Yeah, doesn't it? This is I love what I do. I still have the passion, but then I still need to evolve. I change my goal all the time. If not, I feel bored. You know, like like when I was in NXT, you know, I have the goal, you know, to perform on TV. So I work hard. Then I come back. I want to produce more show. So I work towards producing, producing, producing and then now I'm in Japan now you know first of all I need to understand the Japanese first I don't know what they're talking about sometimes so I need to learn more Japanese you know the language and then to try to work together and you know do things with the company you know Dragon Gate is the company that I watch when I first you know when I was a kid so I want to do something with Dragon Gate and and I I believe this is a very, you know, the wrestling here is on a different level, um, in a different style. <coughs> I don't know if you have watched Dragon Gate before, but if you watch it, you'll find out um, the style is very different from uh, most of the wrestling outside. Even in Japan, they have a very unique style. That's why I want to bring Dragon Gate you know, maybe to Singapore, more people, you know, can enjoy watching a different style of wrestling. This is the thing that I'm working on right now. So keep changing my goal is the way I keep my passion on.
1: And I think you were so talking about shifting goals and you said one of your, I think you mentioned one of your goals was to create like a, like a very healthy wrestling culture yes, or something. In yes, yes, yes. What, what is, a, what do you mean by a healthy wrestling culture in Southeast
0: Asia? Um, what is healthy? Um, there's a lot of wrestler. or not a lot. I'm, I, I believe is, hundred percent. Uh, like Singapore, Thailand, Philippines. Uh, whereas Malaysia, Vietnam. Um, they are new wrestling company. Uh, my new is like younger than ten years old. But then, all of the wrestler, you know, they have a daytime job to do, and wrestling they only do it as a side hobby. Um, don't even make money for most of them. Um, they do show only like once every two, three shows. But a lot of them, I know they want to, yeah, I want to become a wrestler, I want to perform every day. But then, this is what they're thinking. But then, actually they're having a full-time job, and I, uh, I I need to meet my girlfriend tonight, I don't come to train now. Uh, I, I need to OT, uh, my boss need to OT, uh, I don't come to train uh. So what they have in mind is contradict to what they're actually doing. Um, but then this is something understandable because wrestling doesn't make a lot of money. This is the unhealthy thing that I'm talking about. They're doing something that contradict to their mind. I want more you know wrestling fans, if they pay for the ticket, if they want to come to see wrestling show every month, then financially it can support you know the wrestling company to run more healthily. Um, and at the end, okay, if Vietnam we can do two shows a month, Singapore we can do two shows a month. Thailand we can do two shows a month then in this area we have already six shows. Then it can support at least the top wrestler. You know, if I perform six shows a month, maybe it can pay my bills and buy me food already. So this is this is the healthy that I'm talking about. You are doing something that you like. Like when I first started, I choose to go to UK because you know shows are there every weekend. So if I'm hardworking enough I can work like twelve shows a month which can pay everything off. So um I want to, you know because in Asia, travel is so easy. Like even now after COVID, I can travel to Singapore, you know Malaysia, you know just like pre-COVID, right? So um, travel become easy now. So I want to create uh, the wrestling scene here as big as it is in America. You know, Southeast Asia is like it's like smaller the size than America. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we can travel <laughs> actually quite easily in a two-hour flight. We can travel in the morning. To let's say Philippines to do a show in the evening, then the next day we can do a show in Thailand. This is that easy. So uh, I hope you know, um, yeah, to create something like this in South It, it takes time, but uh, yeah, you know what? So, I mean?
2: for people who would like to enter the, the, the industry that you're in, what kind of advice would you give to them?
0: Um, first of all, you need to find out do you want to do this just for hobby? Or do you want to do this just for the weekend to entertain your friends? Or do you want to do this as a full-time career? You will find out when you start training for maybe one or two months. Then if you are doing it for a hobby or if you just want to do it performing like once a month for the weekend, okay, that's understandable. But if you want to be a real wrestler to pursue a career, you know, as a wrestler, then... You need to evaluate, you know, your full-time job and then you will gonna be for a couple of years with no money. But then if you can pass through that, that's gonna be okay. I also for a couple of years in England. The first show that I attend, they take advantage of me being a new guy. They pay me five pounds.
1: Really, Five pounds for the day? Yes.
0: (laughs) and uh there's not even hot dog the train already take me 550 and they pay me five pounds oh my
2: goodness so expensive <laughs> there <I'm sorry. laughs>
0: but then that's my first you know first few shows and i understand that you know i think that five pounds is not paid for my for my fees, like you know a reimbursement of the your train, train yeah. fee or something half your train, half your train. but then <laughs> but then Uh, that's the process that you need to go through. It's like when you go to a real job, let's say if you want to be a photographer, you still need to pay like $20,000 to go to a photographer's school and to get a license, a certificate, and then somebody will hire you to become a photographer. That $20,000 is actually equal to the that I eat. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's your school, basically. This is my school fee. The two years is my school fee, but then it's in a different way.
1: I'm very interested to know then, what is your relationship with money, uh, Ho-Ho I mean, what is your
0: psychology towards money? I don't know. I don't, I don't do saving. I spend all my money every month, so <laughs> I just enjoy my life. I don't have, you know, uh, philosophy to money. Really don't have.
1: Is that a concern for you? Because I think you live in Hong Kong, right? We all know Hong Kong is notoriously expensive. Uh, Housing is the... Oh my yes. God, it's so expensive. So is it a very big concern for you and your family that you're living this way? That's why
0: I don't live in Hong Kong anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't think we're buying a house in Hong Kong anytime soon. Uh, No, I don't think the bank (laughs) want to mortgage money to me (laughs) because I spend all my money every month.
2: So here's a question that we ask all our guests, right? When do you think you were the most uncool then and what would your current self say to your past self?
0: If I say I don't have a lowest point, would you believe that?
1: I know. I was thinking, was was it per- perhaps like you know when your mom was having her problems and you had to go back and you had to give up WWE and so on.
0: Then the moment I quit my job in America, when I go back to Hong Kong, there's a Macau promoter who already get in touch with me, and then they want to do a wrestling show in Macau. So oh, that's really great timing. And then I moved to Macau. Macau is like an hour away from Hong Kong. That's that easy. And then I I I can actually finish my work and go back to Hong Kong and have my dinner. So that's that's and, not a big and, uh, deal. And of course, spend time with your mom. Though. Yes. So that, that six months is great. You know, Macau is a great city. You know, uh, you, you know where Macau is. It's like the Las Vegas of China, yeah, you know, yeah. hotels, <laughs> casino everywhere. It's 24 hours nonstop. So Macau is fun. The bus, the ferry to Hong Kong is like 24 hours so I can go home whenever I want. And living in a, you know, Macau is so much fun. The entertaining city, I think. Um, so yes, there's one point I feel very uncool. Uh, when I quit my job but then next minute it's literally next minute I got that new job in Macau which you know I can take care of my mom and at the same time live in Macau at the same time do wrestling as well you know uh, wrestling and producing which I enjoy a lot I didn't produce a lot in in America. Uh, not a lot. I cannot produce in America. I'm just a wrestler. But then in Macau, I do both. So uh, yeah, I feel uncool myself for maybe like three days, and then when I get this new job, everything sorted.
2: I just love um, you know, different guests that we've seen on this show. Uh, in one way or another, they all left their jobs a lot, and I feel that there's one lesson that I've learned, you know, talking to all of you, and including you, Ho Ho, which is, I think when you actually love what you do you have pride in it you put you know your whole you dedicate your mm. life to it in one way or another things are straightened out for you
3: yeah
0: oh. it happens a lot of time to me like that
2: so,
1: HoHolun, if people want to follow you on their, on your socials, right? where can they find you? And, and if they want to you know, drop you a
0: message? Yeah, I'm on Twitter. I'm on uh, Instagram. Uh, it's H-O-H-O-L-U-N-719. Yeah, just drop me a DM if you want to. Uh, if you want to come to Japan and watch Wrestling Live and you don't speak the language, DM me and I'll handle it for you. You
1: can also check out keys uh, and search for HoHolun. You can find some HoHolun merchandise. Uh, That, of course, would be supporting him for his uh, Asian uh, tours, which he's taking very seriously. Uh, And on that note of serious, I so seriously hope that you drop us a like, you subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already.
2: That's right, you can get updates on our new episodes as well as catch up on our old episodes, drop us a 5-star rating, leave us a review, and just support us because it's cool to be uncool.
1: Like this show? Then rate it 5 stars and subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uncool is a podcast by creatives at work. It is produced, written and hosted by Sean Lee Wyncheong and co-hosted by Yen Ling Lo, co-produced by Raven Lim and edited by Ray Ong. Uncool. It's cool to be uncool. On the
2: next episode of Uncool... What is your philosophy when it comes to... Like, what, what is success to you? Quite honestly speaking, if you're not happy, don't do it. I put myself in a situation where I stayed in a job there for 10 years and... I was really
1: happy. and cool new episodes every Saturday